So we're going to finish up our series tonight on uh, how to be led by the Spirit. Of course, this is such a marvelous subject and it's such a mammoth subject. And we could go 50 weeks and still not even get to a quarter of it. But uh, I, didn't, I don't feel to go past tonight. So um, I just think uh, we've, we've shared some little nuggets that have been a help to you. I hope they've been a help to you. And uh, they've been a help to me just listening to them again. And uh, some examples and... Uh, real life examples, praise God. We're all learning. Amen. Amen. Somebody wrote me a great question and they said, Pastor, uh, I have a a real desire, something with the business and different things. They said, I have just a real desire, a a want to, so to speak. You know, you can get a want to about something. And I just have such a desire and a want to, to see it develop and grow. And I, I, is that, is that the leading of the Lord? I mean, because I I have such a deep desire for it, maybe leave my job and go into the business. I'm not really sure. I want to be led. I don't want to make a mistake. And, uh, and so I'm just, because that was a great question that that person asked. And maybe other people are, are asking that question. So I responded to them and I said, well, I said, a desire is not necessarily peace or a bearing of witness. So we have to be careful that when we have a desire for something, that doesn't mean it's not the leading, but, but I've had a desire for things, but when I check my spirit, I have a check. So just because you have a want to, or you have a desire to do something that doesn't equal the bearing of witness. Do you understand? And sometimes it can feel like it emotionally because you want to do something, your mind and your soul wants to move forward. You feel good about it because you want to do it. But look to your spirit because that, that, that desire does not replace the inward witness. The inward witness is not a desire. The inward witness is a sense, a bearing of witness. It's a sense of knowing. Knowing is different than a desire. It's a sense of peace. It's a sense of settling. You don't know why you know, you just know. Dad Aiken called it a velvety feeling on the inside. And sometimes you'll have that feeling for something you don't want to do. So desire doesn't play into it. And other times you'll have that feeling that when you do want to do something. How many people have married the wrong person because of a desire, but not an inward witness? How many people have gone to a church because of a desire, but not an inward witness? Excellent question. And we're all learning and growing, myself included, praise God. And it's something you never really, I don't know if you ever fully arrive at a destination called, I have now ticked the box of how to be led by the spirit. And I'm perfect every day. I don't think any human being ever gets there, including dad Hagen, because he said in the last year of his life, I still miss it from time to time. I can miss it. Paul, the great apostle said, I see through a glass dimly. I know in part and I see in part. If Paul didn't know everything, how on earth are we going to know everything? So we are on a journey and we are growing. And so if you make mistakes or you miss it from time to time, just join the club, okay? Because probably the person beside you made more mistakes than you have. Willie, maybe Sue or or Hortense, I don't know. Praise God. But I just, uh, I want (laughs) to, the person beside you, Jenny, is Taylor. Uh, Okay, okay. Uh, Rosita, especially the person beside you. You can turn to the left or the right, Rosita. You got a home run on either side. Praise God. I just wanted to mention a few things uh, as we close this, uh, this mini series. Um, when you, remember we talked about uh, when, you, when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, the number one way that you are going to help yourself be led is to have much time in the word. Remember we spend a whole lot of time talking about you can't ignore the word. You can't ignore the word and just pray in tongues. But also, obviously, you need to be worshiping a lot and spending time praying in the spirit a lot. Because that Hagen said praying in the spirit is the door of entrance into the spirit. You want to be led by the spirit, you've got you to be familiar with that spirit realm. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, of course, and read the word, it's going to, it's going to help you in that. But as I said in the previous, it's been a couple of weeks now since I talked about this. But as I said in the previous one there, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're really hooking your tongue up to your spirit. Right, we talk about that from First Corinthians chapter two. These things we speak not by man's wisdom that man teaches, but by the Holy Ghost. We have to speak some things that the Holy Ghost teaches. The Holy Ghost is in our spirit, and so we've got to hook our mouth up to our spirit. Praise God. So when you're hooking your mouth up to your spirit, you can speak in tongues. That's hooking your mouth up to your spirit. But it's you can also speak in English. But 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 words that are of life and words that are right come out of your spirit. Jesus said the words I speak to you are spirit and life. And he wasn't speaking in tongues. He was speaking in the known language at the time. For him, it was Aramaic. For us, it's English. But he was speaking in a known language. And he said, my words are spirit 
and life. So your English words come out of your spirit and you can, you can speak words of life and spirit, but of course also you can speak in other tongues, which also comes out of your spirit. But the point is you're hooking your, your mouth, your tongue up to your spirit man. Do you understand that concept? So when I, when I was studying this, I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me during the study of this. And, um, and, and, and I heard him say, when you're hooking your tongue up to your spirit, you're praying what's in your spirit. Well, that's kind of simple. That makes sense, right? Then I heard him ask me, what's in your spirit? If your tongue is hooked up to your spirit and you're praying out what's in your spirit, when you're praying in tongues, I'm specifically referring to, you're praying what's in your spirit. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying what's in my spirit. So the question is, what's in my spirit? Now, there are mysteries in my spirit that my mind doesn't know. Because my spirit with the Holy Ghost, oh, by God, I'll tell you this. Uh, you know, Mary Chris was just backsliding and watching movies and sleeping, praise God, on the plane from, uh, from Maui. I'm just kidding, Mary Chris. Uh, she was helping watch over my baby so she didn't do whatever she wants. But, but she was, she was um, with the kids and I was with Jennifer. And uh, when I don't have to think about the kids, we had a five-hour flight from Maui to L.A. And, uh, and I just felt the Holy Ghost say, just, you know, I just had a desire to study the Word. So for the whole four and a half hours straight, I just, I just did a glorious study. Jenny's sleeping beside me, and uh, they're, you know, whoever else is doing what they're doing. But I just had, I just, had a, a, just an insatiable hunger to study. And I don't always feel that way, but I did that time. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm going to answer a question you've been asking me for many, many years. I said, my God, hallelujah. Why is, does Jennifer act the way she acts? Lord, is this the answer? Is this the question? Is this the question? And he said, uh, you know how Dad Hagen said that he could never find somebody in his life that it could explain soul and spirit properly until the Holy Ghost showed him. And he asked all these people, including Billy Graham, nobody got it right. And he said, he said, well, you've been asking a question about the spirit versus the heart and the soul versus the heart. And he said, you've been asking me, you've been studying and searching for that for years. And you've asked everybody, you know, I said, yes, I have, sir. I've asked every minister that I know, everyone, every guest minister we've ever had, I've asked them. Nobody knows the answer. Not one person has told me the answer. And he said, just like Dad Hagen couldn't get it from people, he said, neither can you. And he said, but just like Dad Hagen got it from me, he said, I'm going to speak to you on this flight and I'm going to give you the answer. And I said, this is unusual because it doesn't happen that way very often with me. And I said, my God, thank you, Lord. And so he gave me scripture to prove what I believed before was right, but I stopped teaching it because I had no scripture for it. And he gave me the scripture. And he showed me where the heart is. And he showed me where the spirit is in relation to the heart, where the soul is in relation to the heart. Amen. And he gave me scripture to back it up. And I'm not talking about it tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. But I just wanted you to know that I finally got revelation. I finally got the scripture, Pastor Happy. I got the scripture. I'm telling you, and I'm so excited. I can barely hide it. I'm telling you. Now I've got it. And he gave it to me. Praise God. And I, I got scripture for it now. Now I know where your heart is versus your spirit versus your soul. I'm going to write a book on that. Praise God. Because not one person I've ever asked knows what, knows what that answer is. Including all the greats that I've been around. Dr. Dufresne, nobody has been able to answer that. And, uh, and Dad Hagen never talked about it. And I've listened to everything he's ever taught. And he's never, he's never dissected the word on that one area of the heart. He talks about it, but not in a complete way because I don't think he knew. And who am I? I'm not trying to compete. You know, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just saying I've been for 20 years, I've been asking God that question and he finally answered me on the way to, so that tells me something. I need to go to Hawaii more. I need to go because there's revelation at, on the Pacific. There's revelation in either direction, just go toward or from. So we'll talk about that another time, but I don't know why I thought about that. I just wanted to tell you and just tell you I'm very excited. Anyway, he said to me, what's in your spirit? Now I know where the spirit is versus the heart. That's where I was getting off on that. And I said, well, I don't know, Lord, what's in my spirit. And he said, well, what does my word tell you that's in your spirit? And I said, well, there's mysteries in my spirit that I don't know yet. And he said, that's right. I'm just talking to him how the Holy Ghost deals with me. And he said, that's right. Preach that. That's good. He said, but you're not. You know, sometimes God's trying to get you to understand something and you're not getting it. So he'll repeat it a number of times. He said, what's in your spirit? It's a simple answer, but I was trying to be highfalutin with theological responses. 
Well, mysteries are in my spirit. Well, I don't know what else. And he said, I'm in your spirit. I, he was, it's simple. I was overcomplicating it. He said, when you hook your tongue up to your spirit, you're praying out what's in your spirit. But he said, what's in your spirit? I'm in your spirit. Now, now, you may not have heard this before, but I'm telling you, I believe this is right. He said, if I'm in your spirit, the qualities that are associated with me are in your spirit. And when you pray out what's in your spirit, you're actually praying out in addition to mysteries and those things, you're praying out qualities who I am and what I have because I am the one that resides in your spirit. So what I've got, what's a part of me is inside you. And if you will hook your tongue up, not to your mind, but to your spirit, you will start praying out some of the areas that I am in you. Now, I don't, I haven't really heard that explained quite like that before. And so I, so he gave me some, and I just want to read them to you. Okay. Just to be a blessing as we tie this off because the great Holy ghost is inside you. And the Holy Ghost knows some things. Yes, he knows about your future. We focus so much on that point, And it's so important because the future is so important. He knows about your future because he got it from the mind of God and the deep things of God. And so that's that mystery that is mystery to your brain. But that knowing of the future is inside your spirit. He's there. When you pray in tongues, you're praying out your future mysteries. Because he knows those mysteries and he's there. But we so focus on that point because our future is so valuable to us. Right? Dad Hagen said, what is the most important gifts? The most important gifts and the power gifts is the gift of faith. Because without that, you can do anything. The most important gifts in the revelation gifts is the word of wisdom. Because with it, you know the future. Of course, with tongues, interpretation, and prophecy, it's prophecy. Because you only need one, the other you need two. But word of wisdom, knowing the future, my God, it's a billion-dollar industry with the psychics. People pay hundred bucks an hour to have some demon possessed person tell them a measure of fact about the future. And we've got not a demon. We've got the Holy ghost. They've got demons. We've got the Holy ghost living in our spirit, which is part of your heart, by the way, but we won't talk about that tonight. And what he's got, who he is and what he knows is inside you. And when you hook your tongue up to that, and that unfathomable well, that the Holy Ghost is a part of because he's in your spirit and you pray out. You're praying out what he knows. You're praying out what's inside. You're praying out part of who he is. I don't think we think about that as often as we should. So quickly now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, just so your eyes can fall upon the scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And, and this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a simple list as I, you know, an exhaustive list would take more than one sermon. And I just want to wrap this up tonight. But for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He's speaking secret truths, the Greek says. Things that your mind does not know, but your spirit knows by the Holy Spirit who lives within your spirit. Now, as you pray those mysteries out in other tongues, that's your side of the coin. That's your side. That's your job. Now, God will do his side. He'll do his job, which is over time. And you don't know if it take it right then, if it take a day, a week, a month. But he will always reveal to you what you're praying out because it was a mystery when you prayed it. But then when he reveals the revelation to your mind, your mind catches up with what your spirit already knew. It's no longer a mystery to you. So I'm just saying one thing in your spirit are mysteries for your future. Are you listening to me? You should not be consulting. That's why I get a little bit heavy on it. But because but, I understand why there's guidance counselors at schools. I understand that because they have a job to do. And I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is it's, not, it's fine for them to help you with your paperwork. And, but they shouldn't be guiding young people's lives. Well, you should do this career and you should go. That's not their job. Their job is to file paperwork. It's to set you up for a tour. It's not to tell you they're not God. The Holy Ghost on the inside is called a counselor. He is the greatest guidance counselor. He's actually called the guide, capital G, and then later he's called the counselor. So he is the great guidance counselor. And we should never train our children to listen to what we want for their future. 
I'm talking in the flesh, in our, in our soul. If we know by the spirit, that's different. Or what some uncle wants, or what some boss that they have in the summer program wants, or what some natural guidance counselor, because the great Holy Ghost who is inside your spirit knows exactly what the Father wants for your future. And if you hook your tongue up to that, you'll pray out that mystery until it becomes revelation to your mind. My God, that's a powerful truth. Powerful truth. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Now, another thing that's in your spirit is truth. Did you know that? Read with me in John 16, verse 13. The book of John, chapter 16, and verse 13. Wonderful scripture. Howbeit when the spirit of truth, that means he's called truth. Why? Because he has truth in him. And he wrote the Bible through men. He will guide you, see the word guide, into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you, show you things to come. This is a powerful verse. It, it's a promise you can claim. John 16, 13 says, I have a right to know the future. You'll show me things to come. It's a twin verse with 1 Corinthians 14 2. I'm going to speak out mysteries for my future that I don't know. You're going to show me things to come. So that's, again, point number one. But I want you to notice here that he is called the spirit of truth. Now, one chapter over, 1417. Well, sorry, one chapter behind, 1417. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. You need to say, I know the Holy Ghost. Yes, For he dwells within you. He dwelt with you because at that point they weren't born again. And he shall be, that's because he's talking to the disciples before they're born again. He shall be in you. Then when he breathed on them, oh my God. What a privilege. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Not the baptism, salvation. My God. My God. What a privilege that they had to be born again through the breath of Jesus. But we get the same thing. It's just, he's just not here in person, but it's the same thing. Now, did you notice here, uh, what, what was that again? The spirit of truth, the world cannot receive. You don't dwell that he shall be in you. So notice he's called the spirit of truth. Can you go over one more to 15? John chapter 15 and verse 26. You should read 14, 15, 16, 17 more often. It's Jesus's last prayer and there's a lot in there. There's a lot of powerful stuff in there. 1526, but when the comforter is come, who I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. So did you notice that the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, now the Holy Ghost said, what's in your spirit, son? And I'm messing up the answer. And then he, he simplified, he said, I'm in your spirit. So what, what is indicative of me? He said, what I have is in your spirit. What I have is in you. He said, I'm the spirit of truth. That means I've got revelation into the truth of God's word inside your spirit. There are things about the word you don't know yet. You're going to learn as you hear preaching, but it's not limited to preaching. You can learn things directly from the Holy Ghost with the truth, the revelation of the truth, the revelation of the word, which is the truth that is inside your spirit. He knows everything about the truth and he's in you. And the more you hook your, listen, your tongue up to your spirit and you pray in other tongues, what is going to be partly the result? You are going to pray out revelations in the word. We always focus on the future, but pause that for a second. It's so important, but we've got to talk about other things. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'll actually get more revelation into the scripture. Let me tell you this. Dad Hagen said 90% of his sermons came through tongues. Are you listening to me? And tongues either by knowing witnesses, things rising up or tongues and the interpretation of tongues, which is a gift. But either way, it came by the, by the operation of tongues, whether by the gift or whether just by speaking in tongues and then a bubbling up of revelation. 90% of every sermon he preached did not come by studying. It came by speaking in other tongues. Why? 
because the revelation of that stuff that he did not know was inside here by the Holy Ghost. And as he's praying it out, he's actually praying out that revelation, which is a mystery to him. But he's praying it out, and then the Holy Ghost quickens his mind to it, and then he sees, oh my goodness, I've never seen that before. Oh my goodness, I've never seen it. And then he writes a book called The Believer's Authority. (laughs) How to be led by all these revelations. 90% of them came by speaking in other tongues. Why? Because the revelation of the word by the Holy Ghost is in your spirit. You just don't know it in your brain yet. Speak it out in tongues. You're actually speaking out revelation without knowing it. Tongues is so powerful. Hallelujah. You okay? It's so powerful. (laughs) Praise God. Now, uh, so what is number one? I'm just separating it, the bows of the rainbow, so you can remember it. Because they do flow together. But number one, I'm praying out mysteries for my future, specifically for my future. And you need that because you don't know what's going to happen a month from now. You need that. Number two, I'm praying out the revelation of the word because the revelation of the word is inside me. I just don't know it yet, but the Holy Ghost knows it because he wrote it. And if I'll speak out in tongues, I'm speaking out part of those mysteries is not just about my future. It's about the revelation of the word. And now because I've prayed it out, he can reveal it to me as I study or as I go to church and listen to a preacher. Or as I read a book, it doesn't really matter the medium by which it comes to you. You have to be in a local church or you're unscriptural. But the only, it's not just by the preacher. You can pick up a book and all of a sudden it jumps off the page at you. Why? Because you prayed that revelation out in tongues and now God is quickening your mind by reading it. Or you read the Bible yourself or you listen to a tape or watch a, 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 a program, a teaching program. It can come through lots of ways. But if you'll pray more in the spirit, he'll be able to show you more revelation to your mind. Because part of it, you're praying out for your future, but part of it, you're praying out things in the words you don't know. Praise God. Now, uh, a third one, which we've talked about already, but I just want to emphasize it again, is that you're actually praying out specifically for your future. Now, I know I said the first one was future, but really, I want to put the first one under the category of mysteries. You're praying out mysteries, which includes your future, but is not limited to your future. There's a lot of things you don't know about how to have a good marriage. You listening to me? There's a lot of things you don't know about how to do your job at at your job or your school. There's a lot of things you don't know about how to raise your kids. You can read all the books you want. There's still stuff you don't know. But the Holy Ghost knows everything. So really, I want the first category to be there are mysteries about anything that you don't know. And that is, a, <laughs> that is a vast subject, some of us more than others, because some of us know less than others. And I'll move away from this section and go over to that section. So number one, mysteries in general. When you're praying out, you're going to pray out answers for mysteries in any capacity that you have a mystery in. So just remember that. And when you find something that you don't know, target that. Say, Father, regarding the mystery of X, I now speak it out because the answer is in here. It just ain't up here yet. But if I will get it, listen to me, if I will get it out of here, it will show up in here. All of you are looking to this. That's this carnal way of doing it. That's the world's way of doing it. Look to this. If you can get it out of your spirit, it will show up in your mind. But you got to get it out. Lord, I don't understand what to do about this. It's a mystery. Speak it out in tongues. Answers will come. Number two, Lord Jesus, uh, I don't understand the word in this area. Speak it out in tongues. That revelation will come to your mind. Number three, Lord, I don't understand what to do in this area of my future, specifically future. Should my husband take that promotion or not? Should I go to this vacation spot or not? Now, when I was planning, the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, I want you to go to Hawaii on these dates. And I said, well, Lord, maybe because of my training and everything, I said, maybe it would be better the week after. But because it's so close to my training regime, he said, these dates. 
Well, Pastor Carol just texted me today, and there are massive wildfires all over Maui. Six people have already been burned to death. Right where we were standing, people are jumping in the ocean. The Coast Guard had to come and rescue them because the fire was right up to the sand, and they were jumping in the ocean to escape death. In two areas that we were driving last, last Thursday in one area, which is the biggest fire, and then on Tuesday, the other area, right by the beach, right where we stood on Front Street, all the businesses are burned to a crisp. Oh They've closed the road. They're in a state of emergency. They're bringing in helicopters. They're evacuating that entire section of the island. And I said to the Lord today, I said, my God, Lord, Gus sent me a picture. That's how I first knew about it. And I said, Lord, I was right there. And I heard him say, I told you to go when I told you to go. If I had gone when I wanted to gone, I would have been there right now today. I'm not saying we would have been hurt, but it would have messed up our plans. It would have ruined our vacation. It would have been, you know, one who wants to be in a state of emergency where there's no cell service and, and everything is going to pot. And he said, you just be led by my spirit. I'll bypass all that nonsense. Oh my God, it matters that you pray for your future. It matters because you don't know what's about to happen in the future. It matters. It matters. When she prayed out, she was praying out for the future. And the Lord said, an accident is coming for Craig. But you're going you're gonna to take care of it in the spirit so it never manifests. And if you don't, he's going to kill somebody. Not my fault, their fault. Not paying attention. Pull out in front of me at 100 kilometers an hour on the driver door. They're dead. But because she prayed it out, that angel moved my car. See, you're praying out for the future. That could be future about safety. That could be future about prosperity. That could be future about healing. That could be future about your mate. Whatever. Future category is massive. We're praying out mysteries. Because we don't know, we don't know more as much as we think we do. We're praying out for revelation in the word. We're praying out for our future. My God, if I stop there, we've had a, we've had a good enough service. Now, whoo, Jesus help me. Because he said something to me, Jennifer. Oh my God, what he said, he said, who's in you? What's in your spirit? I'm in your spirit, son. Now look at who I am. That's what he said. Look at who I am, because that's what you're also praying out when you pray in tongues. You're praying out who I am because I'm in there. And so he took me to the scripture. Uh, we already read it, but read it again with me. John 14, 16. Okay, go back. John 14, 16. And Jesus said, John 14, 16, and I will pray the father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now go down to verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, from whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Now I want you to notice that the, the Bible calls him a comforter. And that's the most common name. Did you know that? In the New Testament, the most common name for the Holy Spirit other than Holy Spirit or Spirit of God is Comforter. It's the most common name for him. I want you to pay attention. Why does God repeat it so many times? He's trying to get something over to us. Okay, now have a look at 1526, chapter 15, verse 26. And when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. What about John 16, verse 7? Go over one. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or advantageous for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, why do you think I'm called comforter so often? I said, Lord, I have absolutely no idea. He said, why don't you do a study on that word? So I did a study on that word, and I found that the word comforter in the Greek... It means advocate, intercessor. Are you listening? It means mediator. Intercessor means mediator or someone that intervenes on behalf of another. So I looked it up in the dictionary. Advocate means a lawyer or barrister. Now this is what the def dictionary definition of advocate is. Someone who pleads on someone else's behalf. Someone who publicly defends or supports a particular cause. Another definition is, is a champion for a cause. 
Intercessor in the dictionary means mediator, someone who intervenes on behalf of another. And, and I heard, I, I, I'm telling you, it was such a revelation to me. I heard the Holy Ghost say, it is comforter. But he said, there's something about who I am in you that you don't realize. I am your defense attorney. I am your defense attorney. Not a prosecuting attorney. That's the devil. I am your defense barrister. I am your attorney. That's what advocate means. I'm telling you. (laughs) And I heard him say this. uh, Because I'm in your spirit and I'm the advocate or intercessor, there is defense in your spirit. I've never heard anyone say that before. He said, when you pray in the Holy Ghost because you hook your tongue up to your spirit, you're praying out what's in your spirit. Defense is in your spirit. When you pray in tongues, you're praying out your defense. And he said, in today's society, you need much defense. You need defense against those demon-possessed bosses that want to fire you because you refuse to call them they. You need defense from people. I'm telling you, more than ever before, we need defense. There's demons, there's demons using people, there's demons coming at us directly. There is a defense mode, and I've never seen it before till he said it to me. He said, I am your defense. I am your attorney. I am your, I am your advocate. I am the champion of the causes that you have. I plead before you, between you and another. I mediate, I go between you. When there's a problem and somebody's attacking you, Don't attack them because there's somebody between you and them. And that's your, that's your, that's your lawyer. Notice in the court, you can't say nothing. When they're saying all that stuff, the lawyer says, I object. The person don't say nothing. The person try to say something. The judge says, you shut up or I'll kick you out. The, The lawyer is the only authorized voice in a courtroom. And the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. When somebody attacks me, I can just put my hands behind my back and say, God bless you. Because I've got nothing else to say. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to argue with you. Because the authorized voice in this situation, talk to my defense attorney. Talk to my defense attorney. My defense attorney will will fight for me. I'm telling you. Now he can give me words to say. I'm not saying I have to go mute, but I'm saying what he showed me was you don't have to fight in your flesh. I will fight for you. (laughs) Oh my God. And I'll tell you what to say and I'll tell you how to say it and I'll tell you when to say it because I'll use you, but I am the defense attorney. And when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are praying out. Part of what you're praying is the defense for your future. My Lord. Baby, that was a revelation to me. Oh, my God. Woo, somebody who, who pleads on someone else's behalf, who publicly defends and supports a particular cause, who champions a cause. The champion is on the inside of me, and he will defend me. I'm telling you, you've got to meditate on that. You've got to meditate on that. The next time that boss, the next time that coworker, the next time that family member, the next time that whoever starts to just go at you, instead of responding like that, just, just go quiet and look to your spirit because your defense attorney will rise up and he will say, hey, say this, say that, do this, do that, obey the defense attorney and you will work, it will work out for you. But the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying out that defense in advance so that the revelation will come when you need the defense. Notice he said, don't worry when you don't know what to say when they bring you before the judges. I'll bring back to your room. I'll give you the words to say. That's the defense attorney. Hallelujah. Number five, which we've already read those scriptures. I'm not going to read them again. I just read them to you. But notice it says comforter, which means advocate. But it also means comforter. That word comforter is a powerful word, Jenny, because it doesn't just mean advocate. Or intercessor, go between. It means the one that provides comfort. So God is using one English word, comforter, but in the Greek, there is multiple definitions. For that, that Greek word has multiple definitions. The first definition is to one that provides comfort. The second definition is one that is a defense attorney, advocate, or intercessor, go between. 
but it's the same Greek word that has different meanings. So you could use the same scriptures. The same English word comforter also means defense attorney. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying up my defense. But now listen, this really blessed me. I'm telling you, this really blessed me. He said, I am the comforter. Now forget defense attorney because that's one side of the diamond. But another side of the same Greek word means the one that provides comfort. The one that consoles in times of trouble. And he said to me, I am your comfort. Everybody goes through hard times. I don't care who you are. Even in marriage, you'll go through hard times at different times. You'll always, at times, you'll feel alone. Every person will feel alone at one point or another. There are times where you need comfort. And we don't talk about that very often. We're always talking about the other stuff. And sometimes we forget people are just sometimes going through such hardship and such hell and such torment. And they're just working like a dog day and night trying to make ends meet. And they're trying to use their faith. And they don't even have the time to understand what faith is. But they're trying and they're being faithful and they're tithing and they're believing for just every dollar. And it's just, it's just a, ah, ah, it's just a fight. And sometimes you just get tired. Sometimes you just feel like, oh my God, I just don't know how I can do. I, I know. I've been there. And in those times where you feel fatigued, now nobody in the faith camp wants to talk about when you feel fatigued. But the facts are, there are times you will feel fatigued. And that's not a bad confession, and that's not against Dad Hagen or our, or our Word and Spirit camp. The re- reality is, Jesus said every day, it's going to have enough evil to take care of itself. He didn't, that's not a bad confession. Jesus said, you're going to have different evil that you're going to face on a regular basis. And sometimes that hits you pretty hard, and other times it doesn't. But when it does hit you hard, and you're feeling low, and you're feeling like, my God, and I know how that feels. Nobody wants to talk about it because it sounds like you're weak. But everybody here knows what I'm talking about. And the Holy Ghost said, for those times that you don't want to talk about, son, but it's a reality that everybody faces, so you might as well just talk about it instead of trying to hide it. For those times, I am your comfort. You are never alone. You are never Ever, ever alone. I will wrap my arms around you. I will hold you. I will weep with you. I will let you weep in my arms. I will ha- see God understands emotions. He's moved with the feelings of our emotions. And I'm telling you, the mighty Holy Ghost on the inside of you, He is your great comforter. And the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, part of what you're praying, you're praying out comfort for the difficult times that inevitably are to come. You listening to me? Don't get offended with me because you think I'm making a bad confession. I'm not making a bad confession to say that inevitably are to come because hard times always are to come because we're in the world, not of the world. And he said, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I know they're going to be buffeted, but just protect them in it. Keep them in it. She said, there's enough evil every day. So hard times come for everybody. I'm not focusing on it. I don't want it to happen, but the facts are they happen. Listen to me. The more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more part of what you're praying is your comfort for the future because he's inside of you and he is comfort. When I'm praying that out, I'm praying part of who he is out, which means I'm praying out my comfort for the future. Praise God. Tongues is such a powerful, powerful force. The Greek word says, for, for that word comforter, it says consoler. Now the dictionary definition of comforter is this, a person that provides consolation. Now a secular dictionary I found even added the phrase, quote unquote, e.g. the Holy Spirit. In a secular dictionary, I couldn't believe it. The one who provides consolation or comfort, and in brackets it said, e.g., the Holy Spirit, in a secular dictionary. Because he's called the comforter in the Bible, and the people that wrote the dictionary recognized that God called him that. And so they were trying to, maybe that dictionary was written a long time ago, while, before everybody became demon-possessed. Okay. <laughs> now listen to this. This is what the dictionary says. A comforter or consoler brings warmth and safety. I like that. And a sense of well-being. One dictionary definition says a comforter is like a warm quilt. Even your bedspread is called a comforter. 
Why? It brings, I'm reading this from the dictionary, it brings warmth, safety, and a sense of well-being. You climb under that comforter and no matter what's going on outside, I don't know, you just feel better. It's called a comforter because it brings warmth, a sense of, you're no more safe under that comforter. I mean, if a rabbit dog is in there, he's going to rip right through that baby. But it gives you a sense of safety, well-being, and warmth. The Holy Ghost is my comforter. And he ain't no blanket. But he will give me a sense of well-being, a sense that everything is going to be okay. That it doesn't matter what what I'm going through today, I'm going to make it. I'm going to float to the top. I'm not sinking. I'm going over to the other side. That sense of well-being, that sense of it's going to be okay. I know you're hurting right now, boy. I'm here to tell you. Let me put my arms around you. I'm giving you warmth, a sense of safety, and a sense of well-being. It will be okay. And every person needs that from time to time. Hopefully you don't need it very often, but when you do need it, you're grateful it's there. Now, when you pray, he said, when you pray in tongues, he said, you're actually praying out your future comfort. (laughs) That was powerful to me. Hallelujah. Number six, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. We looked at verse 2, but have a look at verse 4 with me. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, and it says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesieth, or in other words, speaks by, by English inspiration, known language inspired utterance, edifies the church. Why? The church understands your known language. Nobody understands tongues. So not even you, unless God reveals the interpretation to you. So when you pray in other tongues, you edify yourself. So when you're speaking in other tongues, what you're doing is you're also praying out or speaking out for your own building up, your own edification, your own encouragement. You see how important it is? Why would God say that if nobody ever needed to be encouraged? He knows that we're being buffeted. He knows we need divine encouragement. Praying in tongues will edify yourself. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, edifying, encouraging. Are you still with me? I don't need encouragement. Okay, come talk to me in a year. And let's see if that statement is still true. Brother, sometimes I need encouragement every single day of my life. And sometimes I don't. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is the spirit of God in you is far bigger than just one component. He, ha- he, is, di- he is divine. He is God himself. There is so much. That's why this is not an exhaustive list. You can't get an exhaustive list. He's inexhaustible. But as just a simple reference point to help you understand the power of praying in other tongues, which you need to be led by the spirit. If you'll pray in other tongues, you'll be praying out, pray in other tongues for mysteries so he can lead you into the revelation to know what to do in general. Pray for that revelation so that he can lead you into the word and you can see things you didn't know before. Whether in a service or private study, pray in other tongues for your future. That's a massive subject by itself because there's so much you need to know that you don't know. For you, for your mate, for your business, for your whatever, for the church, for this church. Pray out in other tongues because you're praying for your future. When, what was that, number three? Number four, when you're praying in other tongues, you're praying out your defense for the future that you don't even realize. Hallelujah. When you're praying in other tongues, you're praying out your comfort. Because he is the great comforter and you need comfort from time to time. You need that sense of safety and warmth and well-being. When number number six, when you're praying out, you're praying out encouragement or edification for yourself. Do you understand? Comforting lets you feel safe. That is not the same as encouraging. Encouraging makes you feel like you can run. Do you understand? Sometimes you just need somebody to say it's okay. It's going to be okay. That's, that's comfort. But other times you need somebody to be like in the locker room. Boys, you can do this. Craig, you get up and do this. Now you can do this trip and you're not going to feel lonely. And I believe in you. Now I've got my words in your mouth. Now get up, boys. See, he's our pep talk. He's our coach. He's our encourager. That's different to letting me know comfort. Comfort and encouragement are different. They're similar, but they're different. When you're praying out in other tongues, you're praying out divine encouragement. And you need that. Especially the way some of you come to church. I know you're not praying in tongues. You need encouragement from time to time. Now, what about this one? Number seven, when you pray in other tongues, you are praying out the organization of your life. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
this is a big one. That word in 1 Corinthians 14.4 edifies himself. It, it means to be built up and encouraged, but the Greek definition has a snother definition there in the same Greek word, and it means it's a, it's a, it's a building, it's a construction term. It means to build, to construct, to, to organize is the sub-Greek word. You know, when you see a, a building thing, there's a lot of materials because they haven't put anything together yet. Yeah. Have you ever looked at a construction site? It looks chaotic. Yeah. But there's a guy there who's the foreman. Yeah. And he says, put that there, put that there. And now you come back a week later, it looks a little different. Oh, yeah. And now they've dug the hole. And now some of the stuff that was in that big pile there is like laid perfectly in that hole. And now the next week they've done more. Why? They are taking a bunch of stuff that seems disorganized and chaotic and they are creating something new with those materials. What are they doing? They are organizing the materials into a structure. Now that's exactly the Greek definition for what happens when you pray in tongues. God is taking details of your life that may seem chaotic and disorganized, and most of us in many ways they are, and he, by praying in the Holy Ghost, he is divinely organizing and arranging them to create a new structure for your future. Oh. Do you have any idea how important this is? You are praying out your divine order. You are praying out divine construction, organization, so that life is not... Some people, they're always... They just, they live chaotic. They can never seem to make anything work. Pray in tongues more. Things will get organized. Amen. Things will get clear. Right. God will start to build your life yes, in an organized fashion. God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He did not, this world did not start out of chaos. I don't care what the scientists say. It, God is a divine order. Everything, even physics, even the way the planets operate, even in, in quantum physics, everything in mathematical formulas, it's extremely organized and perfect and it works every time. God created that. God is a God of order. When there was chaos, what did he do? He separated and the Holy Ghost came to hover waiting for his word so he could take what was tohu bohu in the Hebrew in Genesis 1, what was chaotic, and God made it into organized functionality. The same is with your life. Where there is chaos, I don't know what to do, I don't know what job, I don't You know those people you see in the movies and they're just crazy. And you feel like that sometimes. God says, just, just, just calm down. The Holy Ghost first comes and says, I know you want to die, but let me comfort you. Now, then he says, now, let me encourage you. It's going to be okay. Now, when they're attacking you, I'm going to defend you. Now, listen, you're, you're in a mess, Gloria. I mean, you're in absolute shambles. But I got your number. Now, just pray in the Holy Ghost so I can take all these disjointed pieces of your life. And I'm going to supernaturally order, organize and order them. So that your life starts to build upward, not scatter outward. Amen. Praying in tongues brings a divine order and a divine construction to your life. I hope you're listening. Because this, because this changed your life. It changed your life. I'm not doing it. I've only got a couple more. But uh, <laughs> number eight, you know 14.4. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, but also look at Jude verse 20 with me. There's only one chapter. Jude chapter 1, verse 20. You know this already, but I'll read it to you. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, now, let me read that to you from the Amplified, if that's okay. I've got to pull it up here for a second. The Amplified. <clears throat> Where was I again? Jude, Jude, I can't find him. He's, oh, why do they call him Judah? That's weird. Okay, uh, Jude, verse 20, <laughs> it said Judah. I don't know why it said that. Maybe that's what his name means in Hebrew. Uh, Jude, verse 20, let me read it from the Passion. But you, my dear, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively Build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. Now, the Amplified Version says it this way. <clears throat> Come on. But you, beloved, build yourselves up founded 
on your most holy faith. Make progress. Are you listening? Rise like an edifice higher and higher by praying in the Holy Ghost. So do you see number seven is very important. You can't rise higher if you're disorganized. So the first thing he does when you're praying is he organizes because you can't have increase with chaos. But number eight, the next thing he does is he causes progress. Pastor, I want to go forward in my life. But you're disorganized. Get organized. Know what he's asking you to do. Know when he's asking you to do it. Know how he's asking you to do it. Let him organize your building material first. Then as you pray, he'll start to stack it up and build it up. And you'll start to make, what does it say? Progress rising higher and higher like an edifice by praying in the Holy Ghost. So he will divinely organize you the more you pray in tongues. And he will cause your life to take shape and to start making progress. They are different. The organization is not It's not going up. It's organizing down here. Once it's organized, it starts to go up. Everybody wants to go up, but not everybody wants to take the time to organize. Are you listening to me? So I'm giving you these points so that you'll be hopefully a good student. And you can say, oh, look, I'm trying to, I, I want you to really listen. Because if you'll just be honest with yourself, you'll know areas you're disorganized. And I don't mean in your bedroom or in your car, although that it could include that. I'm talking about areas you're disorganized, you've got no victory. Areas you're stumbling in. Areas that God said, I want you to deal with that. And you've been trying, but you can't seem to do it. You can't seem to get the quote-unquote breakthrough. You come up to the altar a hundred times, nothing's changed. Because some things you can't get at the altar. Some things you've got to get on your own. Some things you can't get by impartation. You've got to get it on your own. There's areas that I'm struggling with, and everybody is in different areas, and I can't seem to get, get, get on top of that thing. I'm not talking sin. I'm talking just areas that are a weight to me, a hindrance to me. Do you understand? Could be in your soul, could be in your body. If you just be honest with yourself and say, Father, my marriage is just not as great as everybody thinks it is. And I know that because I've got a black eye, and I hope it heals by Sunday. <laughs> Where were you Wednesday night? I was healing. <laughs> Lord, my, my, my marriage is not as good. Lord, my, my, my kids are not... Something's just... I can't seem to get... I just... Lord, my, 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 my mind, my thoughts. I just... I can't get... I just... I'm tormented. Lord, my... Maybe, maybe it's your, a part of your body or a, a sec, something you're facing with your body. I just... I can't get victory in this area. Maybe it's an appetite. Maybe it's an addiction. I just, I'm just trying to help you. In that area of your life, let's say you, you can't quit drinking. I'm just saying there's people that face that. And they do it in secret. And they do the mouthwash before they come in the service. Because they've told me they do. But they can't get victory in it. What is, what is that? That in that area, everything is chaotic. Now pray in the whole, recognize the chaos. And then say, Holy Ghost, regarding my failure with alcohol. I I have no victory here. Nothing is making progress. Everything is chaotic mess. I can't seem to break this. But regarding this chaotic mess, I pray in tongues now. Oh, my God. Now the Holy Ghost will start to organize your mess. Things will start to come together. And you'll start to feel stronger in that area. And then you say, now, Father, concern now, I, I feel like something's changing. Lord, I feel something's changing. I've got hope here. Now, Lord, I, I don't just want to be honest. I want to go higher. I want to I progress so I break through this thing and never touch it again. As I, Lord, I pray out in the Holy Ghost, not just for organizing, but now for progression. Are you listening to me? You pray out, Lord, I'm, str- I'm getting better, but I'm not, I haven't broken this thing yet, so I... Now, there's a place to answer it. There's a place to bind and loose, but there is a place to pray. Father, I pray out in the Holy Ghost regarding the progress, the progression, the breakthrough, the the shooting forth that I need in this area of alcohol. Because you've helped me. I feel like I'm getting grip on this thing, but I haven't busted through yet. Praying in the Holy Ghost for that progression push you right through. But you see, what people do is they, first of all, are too proud to recognize that something's chaotic and a mess. And if they do recognize it, what do they do? They go to AA. They go to the health 
that the government office, and I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying, why on earth should a born-again believer with the Holy Ghost inside their spirit have to go and listen to some secular person tell you, chant a prayer, my name is and I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not. Not in Christ, you're not. The more you confess you're an alcoholic, you'll stay like that forever. You might white-knuckle it and not touch that bottle for three years and 16 days, but you are constantly saying you're, you're oppressed, and you will be forever. But a believer is not like that. You don't need to go to that when you've got the counselor on the inside of you. What you need to say is, Holy Ghost, I pray out. Help me get a grip on this thing. Lord, I'm go- I feel like I'm get- making progress, but Lord, I need to bust through. I need my, evidence, my, ed- my ed- edifice to rise. Let me make progress in this area that was chaotic, is now getting organized, but I need a breakthrough, Father. And you pr- just pray it out in tongues. 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 And mix that with your dominion. When the thought comes, answer it. Don't go hang out with your friends drinking wine. That's called common sense. You see, there's, there's multiple ingredients to make the pie of victory over alcohol work. One of it is the word, because you've got to have faith. Another one is releasing your dominion and answering it. Another one is keeping bad influences away from you. That's natural, but it's important. Another one is praying in the Holy Ghost about that area. Are you listening to me? So if you've got alcohol, you're as good as free. Just do what I say. Just do what the Bible says. Making progress is not organization. It's different. You need to be organized. You need God's divine order to come. You know what part of that divine order is? He might say, uh, forgive that person. He might say, you've been cheating at your work. Go and repent to your boss. That's all bringing divine order. You're not tithing. I told you to give that seed. You didn't give it. That's all divine order. See, he's taking chaotic things and he's making them organized. First, then he starts to rise the edifice and you start to progress. All of that can be accomplished if you pray in tongues. It's 909. Sweet Jesus, help us. Uh, I'm almost done. But my, <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, but uh, uh, a while back, my wife got sick. She never gets sick. And I, I, I thought, what's wrong with her? She never gets sick. She never gets sick. And she gets sick. Days. <clears throat> Week, fever. Can't get out of bed. I didn't say anything. I just put my faith to her, just try to be kind to her. It's not my job to bug her. And she said to me, she said, I went to Jesus about it. That's a good thing to do. Instead of whining and complaining, I said, Jesus, I never get sick, so if I'm sick, I open the door somewhere. Teach me. I humble myself. And the Holy Ghost showed her. Somebody had done something against us, had insulted us, and she had inadvertently talked to another minister about what that first minister had done. And not even, I was there, not even in a very disrespectful way, just telling facts because what that person did to us was wrong. And she was just letting that other person know, you better just kind of be careful. But evidently, the Holy Ghost even, and sometimes that's okay and sometimes it's not. And I think a lot of it is based on the motive of the heart. And I think she was hurting inside still and she hadn't fully forgiven that person. So it came out not as a teaching moment, but as a gossiping moment. And uh, I remember when she was doing it, I just felt real quiet. I just felt, well... If I say to honey, don't say that, she's going to slap me. So I'm just going to stay quiet. But I remember I had a check in my spirit. I didn't connect the dots. But a week later, she got real sick. And when God said to her, it's because of what you spoke. She told me and I said, well, honey, I had a check, but I didn't want to say anything to you. And she says, well, I'm glad you didn't because I would have slapped you. Because when you're upset and you're hurting, you don't need somebody to tell you. You need the Holy Ghost to tell you. But sometimes you open the door to sickness because you're big mouth. I've done it many times myself, far more than her. I'm not judging her. I judge myself. What I'm saying is that's called being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit will show you where you've missed it and why bad things are happening. He'll never condemn you, but he'll teach you so you don't do it again and so that it will change in your life. Now, you understand? Now, when she prays in tongues, Holy Ghost, I don't know what's going on. What is she doing? She's praying out divine order divine organization for the Holy Ghost to say uh, the reason this is working is because this is wrong this is not uh, this is out of order Jennifer you did this now let me get it in back in order for you repent Lord I repent and then it changes and from the moment she prayed she said honey I'm going to humble myself and pray I said okay I'll give you your space she goes no I said it in front of you 
and I'm going to repent in front of you. And she humbled herself and she prayed. And from that moment, the healing power of God started working. If you're sick for a long time, it's your fault. It's always on your side. And if you're too proud to humble yourself and ask God, if your business ain't working, it's on your side. If your health is not improving, it's on your side. It is always on your side. It's never on God's side. And it's virtually never on anybody else's side because it's happening to you. Humble yourself, pray in the Holy Ghost, and he will divinely order where the out of order has grown. I'm helping somebody. And the last one, I know I'm late, but I have to read it to you because I'm not doing a whole nother Wednesday on this. Isaiah, thank you, John. I love, I love John's laugh. It just encourages me every single time. Uh, real quick, Isaiah, this is a, we could do a long, longer list, but I, this is just the nine areas I wrote down quickly. Isaiah 28, verse 11, one of my favorite scriptures. Can you read it with me? And then we'll close. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 11. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your help. Let's look at verse 10. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is the prophecy in the Old Testament that tongues is coming. He's talking about stammering lips. How would you explain? How do you explain that? If you've never heard it and you heard that in the spirit, what would, that, what would you call that? I don't know. You've got some weird language. I don't know what it is. But it sounds like lips that are going blah, 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 blah. Stammering lips and another tongue because it's not the tongue that he understood. He heard it in the spirit. He will speak to this people. Now watch. To whom he said, verse 12, this, what? The stammering lips. What is that? Tongues. This or tongues is the rest. Wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this, what? Tongues is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But I hear. I'm hearing. They may not have heard, but I'm hearing. Do you hear what this is saying? The stammering tongues, the lips, the the stammering lips, the, the speaking in other tongues brings rest and it brings refreshing. When you pray in other tongues, you are praying out your rest. And I'm telling you, in today's society, more than ever before, with as busy as people are, you need not just sleep, you need rest. Pastor Nancy has corrected me four times in the last year about resting. And the last time she did, she said, Pastor Craig, tell me what you're doing. And I told her, and she said, now listen to me. She said, thank God for a moment. She said, now listen to me. Rest does not equal sleep. Because I would sleep a lot. But I'd be thinking about work while I'm sleeping. And then I wouldn't come in the office, but I'd be thinking about work while I'm at home. She said, rest is not sleep. Sleep is physical. Rest is spiritual. She said, the heavenly father is a spirit. He rested on the seventh day. So it also says God never slumbers and he never sleeps. So God rested, but he doesn't sleep. So rest is not sleep. A spirit can't sleep, but he rested, which means rest is of the spirit realm because he's a spirit and he never sleeps. Sleep is of the natural realm. So she said, you're sleeping a lot, but you're not resting. God doesn't sleep, but he does rest. She said, so what you need to do? I said, well, that's an enigma. What am I supposed to do? She said, and more than just sleeping, sleep if you want. But she said, when I take my four days of rest, she says, I spend that time in the spirit with my father. She said, I don't overdose on television or hobbies or sleep. I spend it with the father because my spirit is resting as I wait upon the Lord. I let my body rest a little bit too because you need to physically sleep. But she said, God don't sleep, but he does rest. Your spirit needs rest. Your body needs sleep, but your spirit needs rest more. She said, just wait on the Lord more quietly before him in those times where you're having your rest days. She said, you will come out completely refreshed, completely strengthened physically and spiritually, and you'll be able to go another another month full steam ahead because you got rest. You didn't just get sleep. Now, what have I just said? This is the rest. 
when you pray out of your spirit, your in tongues, you're also praying out the divine rest, not just sleep, the rest that you need in this next season that is ahead of you. The refreshing, because we get weary with this heavy, hectic pace that we're in. The more I pray out in the Holy Ghost, I'm praying out the refreshing and the rest spiritually that I need. Whew. Hallelujah. That's just nine nuggets for you. I'll read them one more time and then we'll close. Number one, what are you doing? You're praying out for anything you don't understand, mysteries. Number two, you're praying out for revelation from God's word. 90% of his sermons came from tongues. Number three, you're praying out specifically for your future. Number four, you're praying out for your defense because you're going to need defense at some point. Number five, you're praying out for your comfort because you're going to need somebody just to love and you're praying that out. The Holy Ghost will operate more in comfort if you'll pray more in the spirit. Hallelujah. Number six, you're praying out the, the edifying or the encouragement for yourself. Because you need that encouragement, that strength to keep going forward. Number, number seven, you're praying out the organization of your life. Hugely important. Number eight, you're praying out the progression of your life, which is different organization but connected. Yes. And number nine, you're praying out you're the rest and the refreshing, mainly spiritual, that you need if you're going to make it so that your body doesn't shut down, so that you don't backslide, so that your mind doesn't have a break with reality. Some people are under such pressure, their mind can have a break with reality. But if you're praying the Holy Ghost more, you're praying out for that divine rest and refreshing at the different seasons that you need. All of this will help you be led by the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you learned something tonight. Praise God. Especially for me when I feel like people rob or just, you know, and I just want to, oh, I just want to go with them. And he, that really helped me. He said, stand back, boy. He said, the defense attorney will take care of it. But I'll use you because I'm not going to manifest physically. But just in your heart, stand back and let me stand up. And then I'll say, say this and say that. And my anointing will be on you to say it. And you will shut their mouths. Hallelujah. I just love that defense point. That really flipped my wig. And I don't even have one, but it flipped anyway.